Welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. This week, we're cozying up with Tanya, founder of Tanya Taylor, an independent fashion brand based in New York City, founded in 2012. We chat about the inspiration behind her designs, how to find your personal style, and what your engagement ring says about you. Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, I'm sitting down with Tanya Taylor. She is the founder of her namesake, Tanya Taylor Fashion Line. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to learn all about your journey. I'm wearing your beautiful dress here today. I know, you look amazing. And last week, I was wearing these plaid pants, and I got so many compliments on them, too. Oh my god, you're in plaid. Yes. I think it's kind of like, you know, that weird time of year right yeah. now where it's like not quite winter it's spring but it feels wintry so yeah you're in like transitional lighter weight plaid mode exactly exactly um but when you were little did you always think that you would be a fashion designer what what did you like want to be when you were a child um when i was little i didn't even know that you could be a fashion designer <laughs> i grew up in toronto and there's not really a fashion industry in toronto i definitely was super artistic i painted a lot my mom really encouraged me to paint all the walls of our basement with like patterns and graphics and like six foot tall like women in crazy dresses oh and God. so I felt like I had this canvas to be creative but I didn't know it could be your profession mm-hmm. um, and I decided to start by studying finance at McGill University mm-hmm. and then I moved to New York and went to Parsons for design and I think it wasn't until I started working um, for Elizabeth and James which was Mary-Kate and Ashley Olson's contemporary line that I saw there was a career that mixed both art and commerce Mm -hmm. and I love using both sides of my brain and just thinking about the creative kind of business management with also sketching and color and print and it just felt like an industry that really clicked for me. How did you land that first job or internship at Elizabeth and James? That must have been so cool. Did you work with Mary-Kate and Ashley? Yeah, (laughs) they would be in every week. Um, I worked with them. So the way I got it is pretty funny. Um, My my boss at the time had put a posting online for an intern and the company had just started. And what I really identified with was that I was their age and they were designing for a customer their age. And it felt very personal and very kind of instinctual. Um, And contemporary fashion was new. Like at that time it was Theory and it was Alice and Olivia and it was Rag and Bone and it was a bit bigger company. Mm -hmm. So I liked the idea that I could get kind of experience in a smaller team and a startup mode. Um, But my boss at the time put this posting up and it only had a fax number. (laughs) And my mom is so old school that she actually required that I have a fax machine in my first apartment in New York. (laughs) And so I saw the posting. I was like, this is meant for me. Like, I I must work at this place. They accept faxes. And so I sent a fax in. I think I must have been the only person that applied because no one uses fax machines. And I went in for my interview. I was so naive. I was so willing to give 110%. And they just thought I was like, bizarre. I, you know, started a lunch group. I was there, you know, after hours, I was just really wanting to be at this sponge. Um, and I stayed as an intern for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I got hired on their team and I was there for three years on the design team. So 
at the beginning, like the best experience you could have. It That's was, so cool. It was like, you know, four people then became 12 and became 25. And I really got to see how you scale a company in New York. So what made you decide to leave and start your own brand? I just felt that there was, you know, something I wanted to express with print and color and inclusivity. And um, I was just kind of itching at something that felt more personal. So um, I left and I had one employee for a couple of years and we've now grown to 30 people. Um, and it was it was always from like a point of view that was just really um, emotional. And like I wanted to create clothes for girls that I saw similar to myself and that felt really happy and joyful and optimistic um, and artful. And I just kind of paved this path by like continually creating things that like I loved. So it can be like a little bit scary or daunting to take that first like leap of faith and be like, okay, I'm like, where do you even start by like starting your own line? You know, what were some of the first steps that you took? I can be a little bit impulsive. And so I actually left my job and then realized that I'm Canadian and needed a reason <laughs> to stay in the United States. And I called my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. And he's like, you would need to start a company probably if you want to stay living in New York. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. I should do that. And I started by knowing, recognizing I did not know anything mm -hmm. about you know the business plan behind how you grow a contemporary brand so i found a really great consulting firm that was called launch collective and they were really built to help startups understand what initial investment looks like what your team structure looks like how you get wholesale opportunities at the time direct to consumer wasn't really something that was you know uh happening but they, they helped me craft those first three years of the business. Um, and then once I kind of grew outside of those three years, I brought a lot of their responsibilities in-house and that's how I grew the team. What were some pivotal moments that shaped your brand development and shaped you as like a businesswoman and designer? Um, I think one of my most pivotal moments was our first show we had at the MoMA and it was a that was your first fashion show mm -hmm. that's so cool yeah it was just i look back and totally out of this world kind of wild and it came from this courage that i had at the beginning and this sense of again not knowing the rules so mm -hmm. just making up your own and what i did was someone said you know you have to have your show somewhere special if you're going to you know get any attention in new york and they said where's your favorite place in New York. I was like, the MoMA. They're like, great, have it at the MoMA. Did not help me at all in getting in touch with the museum, but I relentlessly emailed all of the corporate sponsors of the MoMA, knowing that they have two slots a year that they're able to host events. And after months and months of looking crazy, because you don't even have a brand to show mm -hmm. for what it looks like, finally a bank um, was willing to give us one of their um, event slots. And so, How did you convince them to do that? like being so annoying that by <laughs> September they hadn't used it and they thought why not this girl like needs a break and it sounds kind of interesting they didn't want their name on it and then they liked it so much that they allowed us to put their name on it the second time um but it was just special like I think at the beginning I look back and I try to harness that kind of um 
that spirit of what you feel when you're first founding something or you're this entrepreneurial kind of wonder of what can I be and how big can I be? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that was special. And then obviously when Michelle Obama started wearing us, I think she wore us 13 times when she was first lady. And that was really- What was it like when you first saw her wear one of your pieces? It was, it was shocking. Was it like organic or did you know about it? It, We did not know about it. It was organic. We saw it on Instagram and we were working late one night (laughs) and we were working on our application for the Vogue Fashion Fund and putting all the celebrities that had worn us and happened at 11 o'clock to look at Instagram, which was kind of new at the time and saw her wearing one of our printed dresses quickly threw it into the deck (laughs) to like submit for the application um and then developed a relationship with her where we really felt like we could you know continually make beautiful pieces for her oh my god what inspires you to create your pieces like what brings you inspiration i love um well i'm inspired a lot by the art world um i'm inspired by traveling I think though what inspires me at the end is really when I see women wear us and I see what their what confidence it brings out in them and what you know personal style they bring to a collection that I design Um, and nothing makes me happier than like in the wild seeing someone like on the subway in our dress Mm -hmm. and just kind of putting myself in their mind do you like ever go up to people and be like (laughs) my mom when she's with me like like pushes me towards people and like herds me to say hello and I I don't know sometimes I do if I'm in like but I get nervous and (laughs) I feel like nerdy to be like you're wearing my dress no I'd be like that's so cool I know I'm getting better I'm getting better but one time I was at Hamilton and Alicia Keys came in and she was wearing our coat (gasps) and she sat like a lot in front of me but I was very excited because it was Hamilton's all about making it in New York and then her song is all about making it in New York and I just felt so overcome with emotion that it took me until the intermission to go and tell her um and she was very kind she had the label in her pocket and like she's like oh my gosh I can't believe it and um it was that was worth it that kind of taught me I should do that more I mean definitely with Alicia Keys I would be like you'd regret it forever if you didn't say something I I was like taking blurry photos from my seat of her and like (laughs) sending it to our team. So I'm happy that I, I made the effort. Oh my God. Amazing. So what year was this where you got the Vogue? Did you get the Vogue fashion fund? Yeah. So we were, we were in the Vogue fashion fund in 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was 10 it's for anyone who doesn't know the process. It's 10 designers. Um, it's 10 judges. It's Anna Wintour, Jenna Lyons, Stephen Cole, DVF, a bunch of other incredible influential mentors. And you're really just put under pressure to explain your vision, your, how you're distinctive in fashion, um, you know, how you want to grow and then put through all these challenges through the process of designing designing you know evening wear inspired by hawaii and like Mm -hmm. just a whole a whole range of like your creative talent and i think i was 25 at the time and it was really hard for me like i hadn't yet articulated who i was or what i wanted the brand to be and it was a crash course (laughs) of you know being pretty in the spotlight of the industry and having to explain yourself that i'm really appreciative of having that how did um, the pandemic affect, you know, your business and 
your designs and all of that because I know that we were talking about it a little bit before that it kind of definitely had a big impact on the fashion world and how we operate yeah I think the pandemic made everyone you know stop consuming stop you know working in the same ways they were and for us our team is so hands-on like our design team needs to touch fabrics and fit clothing so we really had to revel like you know revolutionize how we were doing that virtually and it was hard I think you know we were teaching our fit model how to be on zoom and fit things Mm -hmm. and you didn't have the security in what you were doing because you were you know distanced from what you were creating business wise it was so challenging we have a really big wholesale business and our Neiman's and Saks and Rent the Runway businesses were really you know compressed Mm -hmm. and it felt like a a scary time for that first kind of six months to a year and then I think coming out of it a much more um like liberating and focused kind of approach to how we do business so you know we were known for printed dresses that's probably the hardest thing in the pandemic to sell and we've really you know shifted our strategy to you know knitwear to swimwear which has done incredibly well kids wear like we've broadened broadened our price points broadened in our categories and we've seen just a ton of success from coming out of it with a kind of a more lifestyle focused product range that um really resonates with a broader group of people and so what would you say like in the broader like fashion world like what are some things that have changed like fundamentally since the pandemic and what do you think the future is I think one thing that has um, fundamentally changed our, you know, fashion week has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the the opportunity for smaller brands and designers to um, just do what's best for them, like have a small cocktail hour to show what they're designing, have people through their studio for something more personal, that smaller format lower expense model never existed um when i started it felt like like, had to be in fashion week yeah it was like runway or nothing Mm -hmm. and if you did a presentation it was considered like eh, like not as elevated i think that idea has been thrown out the window and i think that people have really shown how they can bring creativity to every format video format you know nfts like there's just a lot more kind of curiosity around how you reach the customer digitally Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's allowed people to participate in fashion week that don't have massive budgets to put on runway shows um and then i just think the industry in general has become you know really aware of sustainability of inclusivity diversity and just there's this kind of um like awareness of how each brand is being thoughtful in those areas And so what are some of the challenges you're looking to tackle in the industry? I think size inclusivity is something that we have been focused on for five years. So we produce size zero through 22. Um, We're one of the only contemporary brands that do that. And we were the first to do that. Took a lot of like um, kind of convincing from Mm -hmm. a retail standpoint that that customer buys our price point and our aesthetic and it's been proven that they do and that there's just really 
a there's not enough amazing fashion fun really playful clothes for a woman that's above a size 14 so i think that and then the visibility of how that customer is youthful and playful and confident is something that we're really focused on um and then i think that we have you know taken big strides towards you know how we look at circularity how we look at sustainability in you know fabric sourcing in our manufacturing process and just understanding kind of how we can participate in inventory levels and like the back end of business that i think fashion sometimes moves a little too fast and um can end up having you know really a bad impact on environmental practices so do you think like more brands are moving towards being more sustainable and yeah and i think it starts from even um you know, I think the customer's so aware of what they're buying, where the where it's being produced, what the fabric content is. I know from like even our um, options for fabric sourcing, like now when we sit down with a mill, there's just an incredible um, range of sustainable materials to work with that mm-hmm. really compete against, you know, what we might have only had access to five years ago. Um, And I think that that just shows a ton of progress and shows that, you know, it's coming from a customer demand. Yeah. So what are some of your personal favorite creations? That we've designed? Mm -hmm. Um, We designed one really crazy dress that I like always in my mind loved. Um, And it was for a, a, um, a dress that was at Buckingham Palace and it was to represent Canada's partnership with India and I'm Canadian. So it was like this whole little box of like how to do something. So we worked with the most amazing Indian artisans to do this hand beaded dress. I think it weighed 45 pounds and it was all multicolor sequence with like rhinestones between each of the sequence and the sequence changed like an ombre of color. Wow. Um, And that just feels like a dream world of something we designed. Um, But then I think, yeah, I, I mean, I like really beautiful knitwear. I like normal clothes too. Mm -hmm. It's just, I get excited every time we start a collection. I think it feels like a, I'm very grateful that my job is to continue to create things I really love. And I know that I struggle with this and I think because I just like so many different things, but what are some tips you would give to someone to find their personal style? Mm, That's a good question. Um, I think like lead with like what is comforting and exciting to you. Like I think any woman who looks uncomfortable is, you know, I don't think they need to. I think that leading your personal style with what you're comfortable with in terms of shape, silhouette, color, fit, you know, if a trend is like high-waisted peg leg pants and you feel like that doesn't look good on you, then really develop like kind of shapes and like style pairings that you feel like become signature to you. I always think look at your mom in a weird way. Like I feel like when I look at my mom and I see what she was comfortable in, I mimic it and I I feel nostalgic. I feel comforted. I feel like excited to like bring it into a more modern version. Um, so if anywhere, that could be like some place to start if somebody feels that like they don't know how. What if your mom, my mom's very stylish, but what okay. if your mom's not stylish? Yeah, well then maybe do the opposite. Do like <laughs> look at her and be like, no thanks. But I think it does help to have like 
a visual of someone you love mm-hmm. like it could be a celebrity and not your mom or it could be your best friend who has amazing personal style but like somebody who you're like okay that feels like whether you're trying to achieve sophisticated or professional or you know flirty like whatever it is I always think there's like um there's an image that's really helpful sometimes to like work towards totally Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear-cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. So because we are a jewelry company, we're going to like shift and talk about jewelry yeah. a little bit. I'm admiring your beautiful engagement ring. Can you tell us a Thank little you. bit about it and the story behind it? Yes. Um, so my engagement ring, the stone is from 1890 oh, wow. and the settings from 1920 and it's called an old mine cut. Mm-hmm, um, one of my favorites. Okay. See, you know way more than I do. Um, very rare and very sought after these days. Yeah. So they're hard to come by. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's from a vintage jeweler in Carmel. Mm-hmm. And the story was my husband and I, um, we knew each other since we were 17, but we did not um, seriously date until our 20s. And I How was, did you come together as like a couple years later? Um, I pursued him very, <laughs> very um, aggressively. No, we we dated for a couple years in college. We were too young. Mm-hmm. Broke up for five, got back together. And really what inspired me to get back together is he got another girlfriend. And I was like, no way. And so I just emailed him I'm like I'm ready to re- like reunite and we're, we're going to get married. And he's like, oh, my God. And he slowly warmed up to my ways um but we were dating for a couple years I was so excited to be engaged and be married to him and um probably had said it too frequently that (laughs) I was excited so we were on a trip in Chicago and we were walking by Tiffany's and I was like oh I love let's go and look at rings and he's like I can't have you do that like I I'm going to do it on my own time. I want it to be a surprise. I would never go into Tiffany's. I was like, okay. So it kind of felt discouraging. We ended up in Carmel going for a walk. And I saw this ring in the window of this store, but I had been told I'm not allowed to say anything. And he saw my eye kind of like light up and he's like, should we go in there and take a look? And, um, I tried it on and then we walked out, he said nothing, and I really um, kind of stalked it on their website. Mm-hmm. It sold, and I said to him, I was like, oh my God, that ring sold, and he's like, oh, like someone really special is gonna have that ring. And then four months later, he um, proposed with it, but I was crying so much I couldn't even tell. Oh, and that's such a good story. It's just like, I, I feel like it's, yeah it's super special to me and it represents a lot of different parts of our personalities yeah amazing i love that story so we're gonna play a little game where we're gonna take look a look at different style engagement rings and you'll tell me you know the first thing that comes to your mind um when you see it okay so the first one we're gonna look at is this three and a half carat emerald cut and it has trapezoid side stones hmm i feel like it feels modern um feels sharp feels very like exact 
Um, I feel like the woman who would wear this is like sassy. Like I feel like powerful, sassy woman. I don't think I could pull it off, but I, I like I like this girl. Is there a New York City neighborhood that mm. you would live in? To me, she feels like an Upper East Side girl. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have a four-carat oval diamond set in a pave mm. band. Okay. Feels more feminine, more kind of delicate in its setting. Um does she is she a neighborhood too that I can perhaps okay. I feel like she's like a Greenwich village mm-hmm. like she's she's got some charm and she's I like her she's very beautiful how many carrots is she four okay very pretty <laughs> <laughs> okay next we have a five carat cushion cut this one set on a plain rose gold band with a hidden halo interesting with the rose gold is that a trend that some people are doing mm-hmm it's really pretty. More simple, more actually, well, the detail of the kind hidden of halo. the hidden halo. So is that a thing too? It is very popular now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've been out of the market for a while, so I feel like this is this is interesting the trends yes. within rings. Um I feel like she has like an architectural kind of personality with that hidden halo and just the clean lines of the the rose gold. Um, maybe she's like Tribeca. Mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have a three and a half carat round brilliant with tapered baguettes. Oh, I like her. Um, she's pretty. I feel like she also has that like kind of a little art deco baguette shaping. It's like tapered. Um less feminine and dainty as our like second one yeah like i feel like that girl is like a little bit more like there's a little more like of a love of princess kind of feeling and like fairy tale Mm -hmm. this feels a little more like real like Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a reality to this person um (laughs) she's a realist maybe she like works on maybe she like works on wall street and she like lives yeah maybe she lives in Tribeca too. <laughs> I feel like I'm typecasting everybody. <laughs> I live in the West Village, so I haven't found yet the West Village girl. But yours I'll, is like the West Village. Maybe right? mine's the West Village. Yeah, yeah, something charming and unique. Yeah, I think you're right about she can work in finance because it's like a round brilliant, so it's like very standardized. Like, yeah, you can pick the exact color and clarity. So and you can wear that like working. Yeah, like I feel like it's a gorgeous ring, but some of the other ones feel like so statement that mm-hmm. they would be louder. We have a bonus one if you want. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> this one is a three carat huh. radiant with uh, trapezoid side stones. Buzz in here. Interesting. So more like more square shape in the middle. Yeah, like a, a little slight rectangle. Um, kind of like an emerald cup but with that fastening pattern like a cushion. Hmm. The size of the the side and the I'm like in rudimentary terms. <laughs> no, um, I feel like because the sizes are so similar, yeah. it's an interesting almost like chandelier like kind of like crystallized effect to the stones. Um where does she live? Maybe she's upper west side. Like I feel like she also has a little more realism than Upper East Side Girl, mm-hmm. um, but like very sparkly and beautiful. 
Perfect. Interesting. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you. I want to ask your prices after. (laughs) Awesome. What's next for you? What are some exciting projects that we can look forward to seeing from Tanya Taylor? So we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. In September. So we want to do something special in Fashion Week for that. Um, A show at the MoMA? For trying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Things have changed in 10 years. It's not It's not as easy. Um, but also retail. So we are full um, steam ahead on a store in New York, um, trying to think of maybe a store in Toronto since I'm from Toronto. Um, we're, we have this really interesting growth in our business in the South. And I'm, Same. Yeah? Weirdly. Oh, yeah. cool. And like Texas. Yeah, Texas. Oh, my gosh. And... Like Texas and like um, Charleston and Palm Beach and these kind of southern destinations that I think a lot of people over COVID move there. Um, But there's also just a love of like print and color and a lot of women have reasons to get dressed up. Um, So we're looking at like more up and coming markets for retail as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that that excites me because I am obsessed with getting to know the different archetype of customer in each of these markets and kind of coming back together and being like, okay, what's their lifestyle? What's their need for, you know, clothing and kids wear and swim. Um, and it's just fun. It's almost like psychological to Mm -hmm. kind of get into their, their heads. Yeah, totally. Well, that's so exciting. Where can people like follow you shop all of that? So you can follow us on Instagram, um, at Tanya Taylor, and we are sold at Saks and Bergdorf Goodman and Neiman Marcus shop Bop. Um, our own site is my favorite place to shop because we have a nice mix of all of our categories and it's tanyataylor.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> it was so much fun. Nice to meet you. I loved hearing about the behind the scenes of her vibrant collections and some tips on how you can find your personal style. What style are you ready to try?